0: Celtic Stuff Live debuted as a pre-recorded podcast in January of 2006 with hosts Jim JB Metz and Justin Jughead Poulan. After two practice attempts in June of 2006, the first live broadcast aired on draft night and lasted five and a half hours, featuring John Duke, who would join CSL as a third full-time host later that summer. In the ensuing months, Celtic Stuff Live established a large internet following by filling a void for fans around the world. While the other New England sports franchises were collecting championships, the Celtics were largely an afterthought on the Boston sports scene. The next year, in 2007, the Celtics took another hit as they fell to the fifth overall pick in the draft lottery after a disappointing season. This was devastating news for Celtics fans. Similar to the prospects in this year's draft, Odin and Durant were the clear franchise-altering selections with the top two overall picks but Danny Ainge would have to look in another direction to bring the organization back into contention for Banner number 17. That night, Celtic Stuff Live was scheduled to air for six straight hours, packed with guests from traditional and new media. The show ran over by 49 minutes thanks to a bonus interview with Mike Gorman. It was a defining moment for the only toll-free call-in webcast produced specifically for Celtics fans. As we approach what could be another pivotal moment in Celtics draft night lore, we will look back on the night that changed everything. The first step in a remarkable transformation process which saw the Celtics rise from almost worst to first, ultimately leading us all to believe that anything is possible.
1: Anything possible!
2: Yeah,
3: die,
2: die, die, die. Only on Celtics.
0: Welcome everybody to the Celtics Stuff Live and Celtics Blog. First annual draft night show. It's the Gold Rarities Draft Show. Big shout out to Gold Rarities for sponsoring this show want to thank them very much. Make sure you check them out on the web at goldrarities.com You'll hear commercials for them all night Big thanks uh, Also big thanks to Celtic Kid who did the graphics for the uh, the show. You can check out his website, gofetchmarketing.com They do some good work and a big happy birthday to Jeff Clark. Can you imagine a, a better birthday present than Kevin Garnett? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you guys, I'm,
4: uh,
0: I'm happy to be live. I, I'm, it's nice to see all the people in the pit already joining us very early in the show. That's excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it. We're going to be giving away a lot of stuff tonight. I'm just going to shout this out real quick. Uh, maybe it'll hold your attention since we have you early. Since we are the first draft show on tonight, we have some giveaways. we got fair, five pairs of opening night ticks. We have two autographed team balls from the upcoming 2007-2008 Celtics and one autographed jersey of whoever the Celtics draft tonight. Hopefully it's not at 32.
4: I am ready. I am ready. I'm psyched up for tonight. And um, I got a little something down to start the show with. And this is um, the opening of Tim Oisberg's column today. Ainge's legacy begins tonight. Forget Greg Oden or Kevin Durant, Sean Marion or Kevin Garnett. The one man Danny Ainge needs today is the late, great Red Auerbach. Auerbach knew the machinations of the draft process better than anyone. He was a magician with his misdirection, a flim-flam man when needed, and always, always the shrewdest man involved in any part of any deal. Thanks, Tim, for reminding us, and uh, all our hats are off uh, to Red. He started this uh, great legacy, and uh, everything that happens uh, going forward, uh, we owe to Red. Absolutely, JV. I keep going. Uh, well,
0: Why don't you uh, tell me who you like? I've been hearing some grumblings <laughs> that uh, that ye or E or however you want to pronounce him. I, I hear the Celtics might might pass on him, JV. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Through the grapevine. I don't know.
4: Well, that's not what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing now is that uh, Atlanta is having a war between ownership and management. Management wants Orford at three. Um, ownership, which has uh, business interests in China, is trying to pressure them um, to draft Yi. And the latest I've heard, this comes from Steve Kyler, and he's the editor, owner, producer of Hoops World. And... Um, Steve says that it's expected that he will go number three, but the Hawks are not expected to keep him. The Boston Celtics are rumored to have a deal in place to get him for the number five and future considerations. The Celtics will in turn draft Al Horford as part of the swap. Now, how that ties into the ownership management wars, is uh, uh, Billy Knight uh, going to do what he's told, be a good soldier and, and draft ye, and then um, trade him uh, 20 minutes later, uh, thumbing his nose to, to this uh, carpet-bagging ownership? uh i'm not sure what this all means but uh, that's what i'm hearing that if if he is there for the celtics they're going to take him and uh here uh steve kyler is telling us uh, even if he's not they're going to try to make a move to get him from atlanta well, to see how the other
3: half lives uh there's a there is a little bit of a different rumor right around on the real gm board um it appears that uh this was posted, I guess, at quarter of quarter five here, that uh, sources out of Boston indicated Al, Horf- if Ho- Al Horford is not available at five. For Boston, a three-way deal is on the table that would send Jermaine O'Neal and Jamal Tinsley to the Celtics. Celtics would send a combination of players, including Theo Ratliff, Delonte West, and Sebastian Telfair to Seattle, along with a number five pick. And then Rashard Lewis would be signed and traded to Indiana to complete the deal. That, uh, <laughs> that's... That's as of uh, 4.41 coming from uh, the poster, Greener Pastors, who's... uh, uh well-respected member over there, and
4: uh... is he? Because I, I looked at that myself, and I was looking for some kind of a link, and there is no link. So that's a totally uh, attributed only to Greener Pastures, who allegedly knows some quote-unquote Celtic sources. It's it's pretty far-fetched. It's it's not quite as far-fetched, I don't think, as the New York Knicks rumor, where we'd be getting a <laughs> uh, st- Starberry uh, coming to Boston, and uh, you know, half of uh, Minnesota. They're going to send uh, Ricky Davis, Mark Blount, Kevin Garnett to New York and we would wind up with uh, Marbury and Richardson and uh, who knows uh, that I, I i they were getting a little uh, crazy over there on real GM this afternoon i suspect well this it,
3: it's been it's certainly been a crazy day there's been a lot going on and uh, the rumors are flying that you know
4: Seattle for
3: Ray Allen we've got uh, Al Horford you know he, you know the whole thing there with the you know uh, Atlanta um, KG we haven't you know we haven't really talked about Kevin Garnett but you know that's still floating out there boy you know where do you start where do you end Uh, we got a great great bunch of guests tonight you know and hopefully we'll be able to make heads or tails of it (laughs) by midnight that's my hope
4: well, let's
0: talk a little bit about some of the guests because we're going to be bringing them on in just a little bit. But uh, joining us to start off the show is going to be Scott Souza. JB, do you got something you want to you bring up?
4: Well, I thought it might fit into uh, this time of the show, but there was a post on Real GM today, and I I, I can't get the link back to it. But uh, Way of the Ray posted it on the Yahoo board um, that there was an interview on Weei. Um, with Danny Ainge. And this is, uh, he's being paraphrased here. Um, He's building the team for the long term. Um, No interest in any uh, short term deals. Won't trade a young guy for a vet. If the young guy will be significantly better in two years, he says, Doc is in agreement with this. Uh, Danny said, both he and Doc have enough money. (laughs) neither is thinking first about extending their own contracts they're looking to do what's best for the team it was almost put in terms of a legacy Um, however they have been and are trying to get peers veteran help the right deal has just not come along the price has always been too high he he was asked who he was picking tonight and he said he has a one and a 1a and then this is the most interesting part for me he was asked about the level of competition in the chinese uh, league and danny said it's better than the acc the atlantic coast conference the top level of the Chinese. East league is better than the ncaa he said in china there are lots of very tall talented players whereas in college many teams can succeed being much smaller um he said he didn't have any problem uh, transitioning from college said maxwell agreed he's not drafting to trade he's drafting to keep the player and he will not do any trades now that hurts the team later he talks to pierce about everything pierce and danny understand each other's and team's situations they will try to continue to get veteran help but right now they are not exploring the alternative path of moving paul as the primary plan is still to build with him all the young guys continue to grow as players and their value is increasing as trade ships it will continue to increase and then here's the last one which is a nice uh, closing line there is not one player the team has traded away that management wishes they had back
0: well, I, you know, I think obviously those comments are directed at Ricky Davis and Mark Blount especially. And I think, you know, that brings me to why I like Al Horford so much. You know, I think this team is trying to build a culture of, uh, you know, dedicated, hardworking, and uh, you know, some players who, you know, have some some good charisma. And I don't, you know, I'm just looking at Al Horford and I'm thinking, here's a team guy. Here's a guy who can play within the team concept. He seems like a really nice guy. He seems like he'd fit in well. They wouldn't get into one of these machismo battles as, you know, Jefferson and Perkins are pretty tight. You want a player that's going to come in and fit in with those two guys you definitely want a big man and uh, you know that's my major concern i think al horford would fit right in with this group of guys i don't think there'd be any issues about playing time the hard the hardest working guy would get the minutes and you know nobody nobody would feel slighted in that regard so i mean that's that's how I, that's why i'm looking at uh at al horford and he's also ready to play and if they are going to hold on to al jefferson and they're not going to trade this pick then i think you gotta try uh, hold on to Paul Pierce and not trade this pick, and hold on to Al Jefferson as well. I think you got to you got to get a guy that's going to be a little bit more ready now. If the commitment is to to start competing right away, then then Al Horford's the guy. If they are going to trade Pierce, then maybe you know maybe you do take a chance on E and see what you come up with.
4: You know, you, you touched on something, Jug. And my one reservation about Yi, um, when you look at all the pictures of him uh, flaunting around Hollywood with those shades on and that big shitting and grin on his face, and he has a, a Chinese model for a girlfriend. <laughs> and you wonder uh you know uh, will will the stars uh, get to his head until you know somebody's over here and faced with all the kind of temptation and glory um maybe uh it's too much for the young man and and i just uh, something about uh, the shades and the smile on his face gave me just a little bit of pause
3: <laughs> well i i don't to be honest with you guys i'm not sure exactly where we're going to be I'm I'm having a difficult time choosing between the two, Horford and Yi. Those are I think one two. I think and I think we're gonna get either one of those guys. But uh, you guys know my Binkies, Jeff Green, and I love Jeff Green. I think he's a best of uh, a lot of different worlds there, defensively, offensively, passing. It brings a lot to the floor. Uh, he's someone I'd like to see.
0: Welcome to part one of a three-part series covering the 2007 Celtic Stuff Live Draft Night Show. You've already heard some familiar names like Al Horford and Jeff Green, and maybe one you've forgotten about, like Yi Jin Leon. In this episode, we're going to take you all the way up to the very first selection, and you're going to hear from names like John Corrales from Red's Army, Eric Pincus, Steve Bulpett, and Jeff Clark. Kicking it all off is Scott Souza from the Metro West Daily News. Joining us is Scott Souza. He's also at the garden. Scott, thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh,
1: not
5: too bad. How you guys doing?
4: Everything's great, Scott.
5: Um, yeah, just arriving at the Garden now, um, You know, looking forward to a, a night. I don't think anybody knows exactly what's going to happen tonight. I think a lot of people have their theories. A lot of theories of people who have had theories have probably changed over the last couple of days, but um, but it should be interesting, and hopefully it's, uh, it's not disappointing for people who've been building this up for a long time.
4: Today, I think your latest piece, uh, Best Fit or Best Player, y- y- you were uh, talking about... Angel Rivers uh, falling back on the best player available, even though it contradicts something they were saying the other day?
5: I thought one of the interesting things all along was the idea that a lot of these guys were very similar in that you are going to wind up taking the guy who you thought was going to help your situation best, depending on where you are. Now, the Celtics believing uh, that they were a playoff team minus injuries, maybe they would have gone in the direction of a Corey Brewer or a Jeff Green, somebody who can come in, fill a specific role, contribute right away. If you start to talk about best player available, then you, you start to get more into, the uh The e category of a guy who um, you just think has the highest feeling and you don't want to pass that up so that was that was what I was trying to get at a little bit uh, on that
4: and um I'm looking at your mock draft, which you put up uh, on Wednesday. Which and I'm sure will the, be
5: completely obliterated by about 7:35. <laughs> the first time there's a trade, the mock draft uh, completely falls apart. But uh, sorry to interrupt.
4: <laughs> well, the the first line got my attention, uh, Scott. Um, you have the Trailblazers taking Greg Oden as everybody else does, except for one Indian writer for uh, Hoops World. Um, but uh, it was your sentence: 23 years after going with Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan, Portland gets it right this time by going big. Are you sure?
5: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you, you just, I mean, I don't know, I mean, Kevin Durant, what he did in college as a freshman last year was, if not unprecedented, almost unprecedented. I think he's going to be a great player. I just think with the conventional wisdom is when you have a guy who is not just a big guy. I mean, it, he, this is not Michael candy we're talking about here. This is a guy who um, was the best player, the best big guy in high school, best big guy prospect in at least 15, 20 years, uh, and in college had a, had a great year, was able to do so despite having a wrist injury, which probably could have sat him out for, for half of his season if he wanted to. Just a guy that you cannot pass on if you had the opportunity, and if, if the Celtics had that opportunity, um, I would shudder to think anybody who would think that they would uh, pass up on Odin. Unfortunately, uh, we do not have that, or the Celtics do not have that opportunity, and that's why we are all at where we are right now.
4: Well, I, I think then uh, I'll, I'll just uh, bring your attention over to something. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, but uh, Hollinger, uh, you know, he's got a new... Uh, system of evaluating uh, college players and he uses a a fairly complex group of skills basically what he's saying is that any player that doesn't rebound have steals blocks um doing all those kinds of things that 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 is the better sign of success at the later uh uh, in the pro game and he says based on his ratings kevin durant is the best talent to come out of the college ranks in the last half decade but uh, you know he
5: he you may be right. I mean, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, basketball is even more so than baseball. Because baseball is a statistical analysis sport because in the end, your productivity, for the most part, comes down to the stats that you put up. Uh, you can argue which stats are more important. But in basketball, it's not necessarily the case. I mean, how many 20-point scorers? how many guys who get. For a while, a couple of years ago, Ricky Davis was leading the NBA in steals for like two or three months. Would you have considered Ricky Davis the best defensive player in the NBA? Hardly. So uh, I think statistical analysis in the NBA Uh, to that extent I kind of like some of the efficiency ratings that they've come out with, but the uh, overwhelming breakdowns of statistical analysis in the NBA can be a little bit much if his system proves out over a couple of years. I think it's a fairly new thing he's come up with. If his system proves out over a couple of years, then I guess you go with it. But uh, for now, um, uh, I'll go a little bit more with what I've seen.
0: Well, Scott, I wanted to just uh, check up with, I think you probably know, if you've been listening to the show at all, uh, even infrequently, you know I'm a big fan of Al Horford. There's been some rumors that uh, he could possibly slide... uh, uh, you know, Atlanta might be packaging the pick. Uh, you know, I think the Kevin Garnett deal that was rumored is probably dead. It doesn't look like they're going to be getting Amari Stoudemire, but at one point it looked like Yee might go um, number three and then Conley number four, et cetera. Do you think there's any chance that Al Horford could slip to the Celtics tonight? And if so, is it just too slim to get my hopes up?
5: I think it's too slim to get your hopes up. I started to get my, if you've been reading what I've written, then uh, you, know, you know how highly I think of Al Horford, and especially in terms of uh, coming in and helping this team over the next year or two. But I got my hopes up a little bit about that last night. It's seen today that perhaps cooler heads have prevailed in Atlanta. I mean, perhaps not if you really think Gene Leons was the third best guy in the draft. From some of the reports that you've seen, network-wise, on on some of the bigger networks that report on such things, uh, uh, it looks like Atlanta's probably going to go with Warford. That said, if he's there, you know, he's number he's number three on my board uh, for whatever my board's worth. But he's he's the number three name on my board, and I would I would take him if he were available over uh, anybody else.
3: I want to talk a little bit about Jeff Green tonight. Uh, Jeff Green is a guy that I I identified as a, is, as my quote unquote Binky guy that I was looking at, and and I was happy to see that that I, I'm not a, the lone wolf in the wilderness here. Do you think that he'll ultimately kind of slide in between the two forward spots and less have more of a set position and really just be a basketball player? It seems like that's more the mold that, that teams are going towards in the league away from a you know a set power forward a set small forward. Do you have a guy that just is a forward and plays and, and is effective and, and scores and does all the things that he's a very versatile player. It seems as though that he doesn't need a position. He just goes out there and plays.
5: Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, defensively is one area where you kind of have to figure out who goes where and who's going to guard who, and that's where uh, a lot of these tweeners really run into problems—not offensively, but defensively. That's the biggest problem they have with Ryan Gomes: is they can't figure out who he can guard on the defensive end. Big power forwards shoot over him, and he can't stay with with uh, quicker small forwards. So defensively, as we have the issue. The thing is that Green's a good defensive player; he can guard two positions. The problem you run into is the tweeners that can't guard any positions. Um, he can guard two positions. Uh, if you bring in Green, you know I don't know that that's going to happen. That's something that you know I kind of going for a couple weeks and even though some signs were pointing me in opposite directions last night when I actually went down, I I figured I'd stick to my gut there. Um, But I like the idea of Green as a small forward who can uh, help out Al defensively, um, uh, guarding the, the better forward on the floor. And then playing Paul Watt at the uh, at the two guard in that situation, whether the Celtics agree with me or not, I don't know. But uh, we've heard so much talk about this this idea of a power three, a six foot nine small forward who can rebound, guard a couple of different positions, and take some heat off of uh, Jefferson defensively. And I think he, he he fits that bill. Whether he fits that bill at number five, I don't know. And the question is, if he doesn't go at number five, where he goes? Um, since I had him pegged at number five, I I didn't I didn't think that part through.
0: <laughs> well, Scott, I wanted. To... I guess
5: the oh. the opportunity could be there if they had a situation with Charlotte, and, and Charlotte apparently doesn't have a lot of affection for the number 8 pick, you know, that would probably be in a, I think people would feel more comfortable picking Green at 8 than 5, but you don't always have that choice. You have your one pick, and you just gotta use it on the guy that you think is, is gonna help you most long term.
0: Well, I think you're right. I think people would be a lot more comfortable with the Corey Brewer pick, or the Joe Kim Noah, or the Jeff Green pick if we did slide down and pick up an extra, uh, an extra pick. And you never know if they did do that, they could always package 22 and 32 and move back up into the later teens. But, Scott, I know that uh, uh, you got a lot of duties tonight, and I just wanted to say thanks for taking the extra time out of your schedule to speak with us before the show. Um, you know, Enjoy yourself down there. What's the scene like? Is it is it is it packed?
5: Actually, I, I wind up uh, grabbing your call. I wind up hitting some, uh, uh, if you're trying to get into the garden, do not go through Somerville tonight. That is my, my word to anybody who, the, the, the people who don't exist who would be driving and listening to the Internet at the same time. But um, if uh, I did hit some traffic coming in, so I'm just heading into the garden now. I'm going to do that right after I get off the phone with you guys.
0: All right. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. And uh, that's your Celtic stuff. Live traffic update. Do not head through <laughs> Somerville this evening. Okay, yeah, but if
5: you're on your computer and driving in your car at the same time, you probably have more problems in traffic. So
0: <laughs> that's excellent. Hey, thanks a lot, Scott. And uh, you know, we look forward to having you back on the show soon.
5: Take care. Good luck, guys, in the uh, in the in the sixth and final hour. That's, that's a tremendous undertaking. Yeah, it's, it's going to be I a long night. You Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Scott. Care.
3: Let me uh, just give a, a little bit of a rumor update uh, for everyone out there who maybe doesn't have FSN tuned in or whatnot. A couple things going on. One, Mike Gorman was just on FSN, uh, thanks to a couple guys in the in the pit here, including our own Florida Celts fan, who said that uh, Gorman said that this Ray Allen de- potential deal has some legs. So uh, some things that we've been hearing over, hearing over the last couple of days about some interest there. There seem to be more to that. And there. this is highly circumstantial, but it's what we're hearing is real GM... It's is reporting uh, in their wiretap this is kind of a bizarre little <laughs> thing here but that uh, Andy Katz uh, received a call from NBA Executive and on Kevin Garnett and repeated, apparently was overheard saying that I'll sit on it until later who knows what that means But but it and that seems very circumstantial <laughs> of all the rumors out there I've said, but apparently the quote was I won't say anything until later and the name Kevin Garnett was mentioned several times this is from Andrew Perna of Real GM. So the rumors are flying all over the place.
4: If anybody doesn't know what that Seattle uh, deal uh, is is, uh, alleged, um, it would send Allen to the Celtics for a package including the five-pick Wally Zerbiak and Delonte West. And um, according to this respondent, Seattle was having second thoughts. They wanted Rajon Rondo instead of West, which led Danny Ainge to demand Seattle also includes center Robert Swift in the trade. Um, But Seattle was unwilling to include swift it remained to be seen uh, whether the sonics and celtics can patch it up you know mike gorman is not one to ever throw things around and you know we've been hearing almost forever that tanny hans uh, really likes uh, robert swift but almost because his name gets put in it makes me uh, have some doubts but um there it is and uh, we could be seeing reality smooth as chicken.
0: john uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the show and uh, uh how how are you doing are you getting excited or what
5: I am thrilled. I am excited for this. I have now decided to take part in in every uh, pre-draft festivity that the players would. So I have got my orange and yellow pinstripe velour suit, <laughs> my polar hat, and my little John Chalice full of uh, cava. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready for my name to be picked. I'm going to be sitting in the green room.
3: You do have your shirt on, though, John. Correct.
5: Never. Never. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes.
5: Clothes are for the kept man. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means I really don't
3: it sounds good though I will say that yeah, I'll go with it you should you should stick with it uh, Let me. Uh, I'll just going to go ahead and kick things off with you I know we've got some limited time we can keep you with but uh, John what, what's your thoughts on some of these rumors out there is there a favorite of yours are you leaning a certain way over another
5: I don't like any of them I don't know how many of them make sense the only one that made any sense was one that ultimately I don't think ever existed which was the 14 deal that had us sending the 5th pick and a few players with Gerald Green but it turned out that it was it was Al Jefferson. And I just, I'm willing to trade everybody. I know that everybody likes a lot of these guys. Delonte, I love Delante. Rondo, I love Rondo. Gerald, all of these guys, guys that we love, are going to trade it at some point. And somebody's going to be pissed off about it. But just don't trade Al Jefferson. Don't trade Paul Pierce. And if you can trade some of these other guys, bring in some help. on. But none of these rumors made any real sense for anybody involved. And it just goes to show that the NBA, it's almost impossible to trade big games and big salaries in the nba it's probably the hardest professional league to pull a blockbuster trade
1: off
4: in uh, red i'm over at your site now and i noticed uh, that you did some photoshop and i'm seeing ray allen um in the celtics uh, jersey which is actually looks kind of good over there with the arms outstretched uh, trying to get the crowd uh, roaring um not a bad little move there who do you want the Celtics to pick tonight? Oh, geez.
1: Uh,
5: well, I've been to all of the workouts. Um, and by all of them, I mean absolutely none of them. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not so sure about Leon, Leon, whatever. But I've heard that the chair that was guarding him in his workouts was really impressive. So I think if we don't get him early, we can maybe target him with that high second-round pick. You mean the chair? That's used to, yes, the chair <laughs> that was used in the workouts. He's used to guarding a seven-footer uh i hear that he was doing well uh so i think that's a guy that maybe we can target perhaps in a trade i don't know i, I like i like the idea of he honestly because he would fit the style uh, that we need from a big guy i know that everybody would like to think that we need a big defensive uh player and, and we do but he he'd compliment al jefferson where you know al jefferson is going to be in the post and he doesn't really do a lot of contact he's more of a three or four style of Player, so you know he can he can cause some matchup problems. Enough matchup problems to open up some things for Al and for Paul. Uh, if he's uh, if the drop shakes out the way everybody thinks going to shake out, he's going to be the best guy available. If Atlanta does something dumb, which is extremely likely, and pick him because they think they can market him better, then fine, I will gladly take Horford, and we will go with Horford and Jefferson down low. They will happily figure out how to play with one another. You know. Hey, Atlanta, you know what's marketable? Winning games. That's what's marketable. Don't pick somebody because you think, hey, we could put them on the side of a bus, and we can sell some jerseys. You know what? Sell out the stadium, you morons!
4: <laughs> so I guess you heard the same stories I did about the Atlanta ownership. In fact, I, oh. I got a big kick out of the article uh, yesterday or the day before that said, quote-unquote, yees people were coming down to Atlanta to meet with the Atlanta ownership. Now, who are Yi's people? Are these the same guys that show up at Vegas at the poker tables? Um, yeah, you know, no. Chi- Chinese businessmen. Uh, I mean, this is a riot. Yi's people. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. You don't even leave California. It's
5: like the ambassador from China and his agent come in, and they look around, and they count to see how many Chinese people they see, and they say, "Okay, yeah, he fits." And that's it. No wonder he doesn't want to go to Milwaukee or Minnesota. It's like ninety nine and a half percent white people. They don't they don't care about a Chinese player. They want him to come to Boston with the big bustling Chinatown, with Golden State or, or or Seattle. That's why the Seattle trade seems to make sense. You put look at what Ichiro did with the Mariners. Look how huge he was there. So now, you take another Asian guy and you put him in Seattle and you get that whole Chinese market totally makes sense for Seattle to try and target that this
4: yeah I, he seems to be the hot hot property that's for sure, but he did he did make it out of uh, California and I uh, was reading a report today that uh, he showed up at uh, Madison Square Garden in New York uh, where he'll be sitting uh, on the stage uh, tonight and the uh, the report said that Oh, anyway, there was hordes of Chinese media. Waiting for uh, uh, long periods of time outside of Madison Square Garden, waiting for him to come in. So it's, it's going to be yeah, like they, the uh, Matsuzaka watch here. Uh, they, they'll, they'll be all over the place.
5: They've got to get their reports in early because they their government has to go censor everything that they've done. So that <laughs> so that's an extra hour uh, of of you know lag time before he
4: publishes in their papers. Yeah, here's here's the quote. It's from uh, Desmond Connor from the Hartford Courant. Uh, an incredibly large throng of Chinese media. <laughs> waited a good while for seven-foot Yan's arrival at the Weston Hotel near Times Square Wednesday. I hope it doesn't all go to this kid's head. I mentioned that earlier, seeing him with the sunglasses and the pretty girls at Disneyland and that big smirk on his face. Sometimes you he's, he's wonder. The
5: problem, I, the problem I have with every time I read something in the Chinese media, an hour later I feel like I have to read it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, is, that is so horrible, John. On that note... <laughs> Joining us now is Eric Pincus. Eric, thanks for coming on the show. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm
4: doing great. Rushing over to stable
0: Center right now. Yeah, I think everybody's rushing around tonight. This is one giant crazy festival of just NBA nutties. You know what I mean? Like it's it's second only to a Fish concert. <laughs> I, I love Draft Night. I, I haven't been to a Fish concert. It, it,
2: I guess I missed out on that. I, I just never got into the Fish thing. But I can understand where you're coming from. I understand the the, the what that is. You know, I, I know all about it. I just never got into it. But I, I am about as confused as I've
0: ever been going into Draft Night. Maybe you can expand uh, expand upon that a little bit because. Um, you know we've been hearing so much talk i mean i've never it's just been noisy i did a radio spot up in my hometown of of bangor maine and you know they were asking me what i was hearing i was like it's just crazy noise you know it's just so much talk is going on and it's all getting leaked out is a lot of this just wheeling and dealing ways to kind of move the process along a little bit quicker by leaking some stuff out into the media
2: a lot of that is I guess the best way to look at it is that the same people who are on TV still need to report regular updates, whether they have anything or not. Uh, so the reports are going to be there. It's just that the the source of information, you got to start to wonder how valid it is. And, and sometimes it is 100% valid, and if a deal dies, the team lies about it straight out. So when it's true, we don't know if it was true. Um, I know what I believe. You know, I know that I certainly had heard about Atlanta, uh, and they had a conflict in their ownership group about, is Kevin Garnett or Mark? Uh, Stoudemire trade and they, they couldn't get it done and, and so here we are. Now uh, the Suns are coming out and saying uh, Amari has never been on the block we would never trade him we're doing it all together we're not getting rid of anybody if anybody is basically admitting that they'd get rid of Kurt Thomas if they could and Marcus banks but that's about it. But we all know at least we think we know that that Amari's been offered so it, there's there's a lot I think there's so much uncertainty with this draft because there's too many big pieces that are on the trade market that usually it, how often is a, a Kevin Garnett or Jermaine or Neil, potentially a Zach Randolph, in theory, possibly a Kobe Bryant, uh, and and if things don't go and break exactly right, Paul Pierce might be on the block. So there's all kinds of potential blockbusters in the win. Everybody's trying to get in on it, and then add that in, you have a lot of teams that are trying to sell out of the draft, and a lot of teams are trying to buy into the draft. So people are moving up and down. It's just a really it's, it's a it's a tricky draft. I, I gave up trying to mock it uh, a few days ago. I said, you know what, I'm not going to do a mock this year because I can't figure this
0: thing out. Well, Eric, let me let me ask you then. Um, you know, we have. Heard- Heard about a lot of these trades, but again, you know, a lot of them seem because of the people that can opt out of their contracts. And, you know, a lot of the contracts that were signed, they, you know, expire when the collective bargaining agreement expires. And so, um, for a lot of these deals to get done, um, GMs are going to want extensions. That definitely includes Danny Ains, since he's been connected to every single trade rumor that's come out in the last week, with the exception of maybe Kobe Bryant. So, let me ask you even if a pick is made tonight, how confident can a Celtics fan be that uh, comes Sunday that that player that they just got attached to for four days, isn't going to be traded?
2: Well, that's, that's a great question because there's, there's really, the way that I read this is that a lot of big blockbuster deals didn't get done unless something happens in those five-minute periods. Uh, if we're talking about a multi-team trade, it's very tricky to get a multi-team trade together, period. So can something like that happen in a five-minute period where the right player drops to the right team? It might take a day or two or even into July, everything to kind of break exactly right. For instance, let's say that you know the Timberwolves are, are, the, are the team looking to get those low draft picks. And if their guy drops to eight to the Bobcats and the Bobcats take them, now the Bobcats may have the piece that will land someone Kevin Garnett. Maybe that's the Celtics, you know, at five, and maybe they pick. And the question is, who exactly do the do the uh, the Wolves want? I've heard that they want Conley Jr. I heard that they want Horford. I've heard that they want. Uh, I've even heard that they want Yi, the the player from China, and, and I've heard a few others, Brewer. And we don't we don't really know who everybody wants, who's picking for who. And a team like the Celtics, they they want a veteran, but uh, there's a couple of players like Green or Brewer that would fit pretty nicely. And then in theory, you could go with the China connection. Uh, people wonder if you can get this kid. Is he? going to Going to bring that market, biggest market ultimately in the world, uh, is he going to bring it like Yao Ming has brought it for Houston? Houston's done very well drafting Yao Ming, regardless of, of their first round playoff knockouts. I mean, they've done great. There's all kinds of of, of things in the works, especially with these big superstar deals, and, and it really feels like there's a few teams that are right in the middle: Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, and of course Minnesota. So. I don't trust anything right now. And I don't trust the results of this draft until the dust settles. And like you said, that could go into the end of the month, next four days. Or it could even go, you know, there's a moratorium from July 1st to the 10th. It could start right back up. And we could be hearing about picks being swapped right after that. So crazy time.
3: Eric, uh, the, the hot, well, I don't know if it's the hot rumor, <laughs> one of the hot rumors here in Boston is, is Ray Allen, uh, having Ray Allen come here for Wally, uh, Delonte West, and number five. Um you know you being based on the west coast i'm sure you've seen ray allen quite a bit in the last you know two three years since he went out to seattle what are your thoughts on him i mean he's he's a 32 year old shooting guard who can shoot like there's no tomorrow uh the knock on him has been his defense certainly a lot of us are familiar with him from his days at UConn. but uh maybe if you could give us like a brief scouting report on, on your how you feel about ray allen and, and would he, you think he'd be a good fit in boston well ray allen's not a bruce
2: bowen but he's also not a terrible defender i he doesn't kill you in a, in a good system he'll be there and he'll do a, a decent job you would probably want to have a another wing player on the floor who could take the the marquee matchup uh but what i like about ray allen is i really like his ability to penetrate he's a combo guard he can play he's not a point guard but he can play some penetrate kick uh he can shoot and he loves to shoot and he, and he hits a high percentage so you don't really mind it i don't know how many years he has left so it's a it's a win now kind of acquisition especially if you give up a lot but i i like i like that. I, I like him better than a, than the Celtics, uh, Wally Zerbiak. I just I like his game a little better. I think he's more versatile, and, and hopefully, you know, the health factor. I, obviously, I don't know if this is a done deal. This is something that's just floating around in the in, in the pile. I've heard for quite some time that they could be looking uh Ray Allen. They've denied it for a while because he's kind of their face of the franchise, but that franchise right now is about to get a new face uh, in Durant, most likely, or it, if if things go a little kooky, uh, Greg Oden. So assuming it's Durant, they've got the new face of the franchise, so now so they can't afford to move Ray Allen. He's the only one who they can market, and they don't know if they're getting Richard Lewis back, but getting that number two pick changed that. So if, if the Celtics can get Ray Allen, uh, I, I like it. I like that with Jefferson and Pierce. You've got a nice combination because you've got uh, Paul Pierce isn't really the shooter, he's more of a scorer, and when you have a scorer, you want to pair them with a shooter. Um, I like the idea of Zerbiak. I just didn't think he was the right shooter. So that, that, that's my take. I think it, if you can get that, I think you definitely consider that if
0: you're Danny Ains. I think you're right because you've got, you know, I mean, Ray Allen's got a nice size con. But at the same time, you know, so does Wally, and Ray Allen's going to bring a lot more to the team. I think the biggest concern is giving up a a pick that could be a valuable big man. It all depends on who slides. If somebody slides to the Celtics, say my, my binky Al Horford, I think you have to stand pat. I know that. Paul Pierce doesn't want that. Danny Ainge wants to get a veteran, so you know maybe they, maybe they still make that deal, but that would frustrate me a little bit. But other than that, I don't think it's a bad trade because of the salaries. But let's talk a little bit about uh, this deal from Seattle's side. There may be some bargaining room if you ask me, because I think they want to open the door for Kevin Durant to come right in here and be a star and get the ball and grow fast. And I really don't think that they want to have an ego battle between Ray Allen and Richard Lewis and uh, Kevin Durant. Now, the chances of that necessarily happening are probably 50-50. At the same time, we know Rashard Lewis wants out of town. We know that, and that's probably going to happen this offseason in some way or another. You know, when you look at that, you can definitely see how, you know, Seattle's kind of in that point. they got the new ownership group and everything else. I mean, you know, I guess what I'm asking is, are Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis kind of just going to get flung out there so that they can uh, put themselves uh, in position to, to start rebuilding now?
2: In other words, is the team looking to move them? Is that what you're asking? Or yeah, they could they pick- be
0: had at a bargain? I just, I feel like a at bargain. this point, they're looking to really, you know, know set the set the marker in the sand and and, and move on from there and I, I i just don't know you know i'm looking at it and i'm thinking you know maybe they just want to get it all starting over right now and just clear the books and move on and use Kevin uh, Durant.
2: Well i think with Richard Lewis in that case i would say that that's not going to apply because he's a free agent has to wait till July 11th. Uh he can start discussing it with uh teams as of July 1st deals and whatnot but nothing nothing is going to get announced till then. Oh at least at least a trade anyway a sign and trade wouldn't be announced till then. With real that's a different story because it really matters what the value of these picks are. What is a five pick really worth? What is the eighth pick worth in Charlotte's case? What is a seven from Minnesota? What, is, what are these picks really worth? Because you're talking about a lot of a lot of draft picks. You know, we build them up. We build them up over the last few months. They're the greatest thing. You see these kids from from Florida and, and they won twice the national champion. They're going to be great, and everybody's excited. And of course, I believe Odin and, and Durant really will be great or at least solid early, they'll, they'll contribute. But how, how important is it to get these guys at 5, 6, 7, 8, and 4? I like Horford. I think that he's an immediate contributor as well, uh, in the vein of an Elton Brand or a, a Carlos Boozer. I don't know if he'll quite be that right away. So, if you're talking about trading for a cheap rookie salary, uh, Carlos Boozer, let's say, uh, yeah, that that's worth um, Ray Allen. But if you're talking about E or a, a nice player, maybe like Brewer or Green, who are nice players, but maybe Aren't franchise players who are more complementary players. That's a different story. So it, it ultimately comes down to where the where the teams are financially. So if the Sonics want to get out of that contract and get. Nice young guys, and if they think they can sell that to the to the crowd and and get the tickets the ticket sales off of Durant and and whoever, then maybe they can. So yeah, I think that to say Richard right now, I wouldn't say he's being had at a bargain price, but for for Ray Allen, I think it can be had. I don't I I don't think it'll just be for nothing. And and ultimately, the time frame is really tight right now because we're at the draft right now. Yeah, have a few days until those decisions have to be made. But if if for instance with the five pick, the Celtics get a guy who the Sonics have no interest in, and there's no deal. At at that point. Well, what do you do then? Because now you're talking about you got to trade. Who? Who do you trade? Now you're talking about maybe your Delonte and your Ratliff. But is that enough? Uh, and and let's say it was Yee. Maybe they don't want you There's no answer. And I think that's why everything is so um, confusing and kind of up in the air. Because there's not just one giant star out there. There's a lot of them. I mean, Ray Allen is barely getting any buzz, and he's on the block, and he, he's a multi-year all-star and, and, a, and a heck of a player, and he can barely get any press because there's Kevin Garnett, this, and and uh,
1: everything else that's going on.
4: I got one right now that just came up uh, on the uh, Yahoo group and the IGTC group and and this uh, way of the ray he just loves this time of year and he's pulling everything he can. He's got one from Celtic Thug, uh, in quotes, seeing how I said a week and a half ago that KG would be a Celtic, I say it after KG vetoed the first deal, KG will be a Celtic. Danny and Kevin McHale had an agreement right after KG vetoed the first deal. Danny let McHale go out and find another home for KG, knowing good and well, this is great grammar, huh? They wasn't going to get a better offer <laughs> for KG and knowing good and well teams needed the C's to make something happen at the end of the day KG will be a Celtic and this time is going, Danny is going to make the trade without having an extension without having an extension with KG Boston will draft Jeff Green Jeff Green will go to Minnesota as part of the KG trade and um, that's basically it uh, we get to KG and Troy Hudson according to Celtic thug uh, Minnesota has nowhere else to go with Garnett
3: and of course, there's no mention there of Al Jefferson. So the big question there is, you know, of course, I think the biggest question that Celtics fans are questioning is, you know, Al Jefferson or no?
0: Steve Bulpett from the Boston Herald. Steve, thanks for taking the time to come on. I know it's uh, it's just a madhouse down there. We can see it on the FSN feed. Yeah, it's pretty
1: crazy. They get a bunch of people uh, trying to uh, eat as much free food as they can in a short period of time. It's uh, <laughs> Really entertaining.
0: Well, let me ask you. Um, you know, we've been the Ray Allen thing kind of broke loose in the last couple of days, and I know there's been a lot of noise of trades. And uh, I think you were the first one to jump on the Kevin Garnett rumors, which clearly had life. I guess I'm just wondering. You know, do you do you feel like the Ray Allen one has any life, or is this just kind of uh, we're just hearing a lot of a lot of uh, rumors from discussions that are just being had ongoing? The
1: Ray Allen one that uh, I heard late last night is you know the one for the pick and uh, and uh the already- Ratliff, that's not going to happen. That's that's. I don't see that happening at all. I mean, it, you know, things could change in the next whatever. But uh, there is talk about expanding that deal, and that's something you might see. But beyond that, you know, I think the Garnett thing is still very much in play. You know, it, it, it's always been like an ebb and flow situation. But it is, uh, you know, it, it, it maintains life because that's the best that Kevin McHale has been offered so far.
3: Steve, are you expecting that when you say that 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 deal with Ray Allen is expected to uh, expand within the two teams or beyond those? Two teams beyond Boston and uh, the t- Seattle.
0: The
1: two teams, but different players, more players, and all that fun stuff.
0: Okay. Possibly even yeah. like Richard Lewis, like that kind of expansion, or are we just talking... Uh, Richard
1: Lewis, is a, is a, we've been about that before, he's a restricted free agent, nothing can happen with that until July 1st. So right. If anything happens today that involves the, the uh, Sonics, uh, it can't. It cannot involve Richard Lewis.
4: So we're talking maybe Robert Swift, something like that, uh, yeah. if, if Danny Ainge was uh, truly in love with Swift, or if he was just hedging, uh, trying to get somebody else to pick him so that Jefferson would be left for us. We, no, we, he we liked,
1: still liked Swift, so that's, that's not out of the question. At
4: all. Yep, okay. I got some news for you from the international front I don't know if you read Craig Larson in the Globe today But uh, he contacted uh, our old friend uh, David Blatt And he said that right. uh, he was never contacted by the Celtic To fill uh, Tony Brown's spot He says, I wish it were true So we can lay that one to rest once and for all We got it from the horse's I, mouth I think
1: I re- think I wrote that uh, whatever
4: before the last time we talked so, <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, no, absolutely he, you did and, he'd, he'd
1: never
4: uh, been contacted, we knew that we, stage, we, we know that Danny said that Now we, now we know it for sure Sure, because Blatt has confirmed it. And, uh, I, I think, okay. you know, we all so said... You're more comfortable he, now? Good, okay. No, he, he might be a great <laughs> uh, choice someday, but...
0: Uh, let's um let's talk a little bit more about the draft itself since that's what's going on tonight um, and we don't really know about the trades. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping Al Horford would slide down. Now I'm hearing rumors that uh, that the Celtics may not even be interested in drafting Yee at this point and that uh, that has Yee's camp uh, feathers a little ruffled. What do you think? Uh, have you? Do you think Yee is still in Play is he still the number one prospect? of if somebody like
1: as yeah, late last night it was he, but as as this thing progresses, uh, you've seen guys come in and out of the Celtic picture, and uh, I think you've seen guys like and uh, Noah move up on their list, and I think you've seen guys slide down. Ainge likes a lot of those guys there. The only other part of problem with it is that he's seen a lot of them, and he's seen some of the downsides as well. He's a little shaky about some of them, and I think that's one of the main reasons why he has tried very hard to move the pick.
3: Steve, I noticed. In this morning that you had mentioned uh, Brandon Wright's name, that which is somebody who I think generally has fallen off the map and not a lot of people have been talking about him. Is there any particular reason? I mean, it seemed like he, a horse. I think you used the, the... I think you called him the dark horse. Any particular reason why he's kind of fallen off and now maybe coming back as things have gotten closer to the draft?
1: Well, I think people are coming, you know, they're kind of coming back to their first answer on this thing. And, they, and he had uh, a real head of steam coming into the process, and I think it's coming back. I think in regard to the Celtics, I think there was... I'm not saying a smokescreen but but they you know he was not mentioned for a while and the fact is he's never been out of their consciousness
4: interesting uh, you know we're all watching Atlanta we've heard about their management and uh, ownership having a little dispute over whether to take ye or Horford I guess nobody's going to know until they you know, step up to the podium but uh, at this point if you had to say what you thought the Celtics uh, were going to do uh, what do you think it would be Steve I still
1: think that uh, and it, you may not know it right when they make the pick or if they make the pick, but I still think it's more than 50-50 shot that this pick gets traded. If not tonight, and well could be tonight, then you know within the next few weeks, certainly.
0: Wow, that's good stuff. So, who is your sleeper pick for the Celtics, and, and who is who do you think is the most likely
1: pick? Well, I still think he'd be the most likely pick. Um, sleeper pick I suppose would be uh, Brandon Wright, but uh, you know the Georgetown guy, Jeff Green, and, and Corey Brewer, and uh, again, Joe if he's still there, those guys, Joe Cano really went up their list uh, as, as things went along here guys realized again he he's a guy that was supposed to go really high last year and all of a sudden he slid this year because people had seen a lot of him and uh I think the familiarity thing was a problem but I think he's people are realizing he's a guy that's going to be an energy guy, he's going to help a team. He's going to come in and contribute, you know, soon for an NBA club.
0: So, let me let me just ask you about Jeff Green's supposition about uh the fact that Doc Rivers son plays at Georgetown and that being, you know, a reason that he's that he's high on Jeff Green.
1: That may be why Doc Rivers is high on it. but Doc Rivers isn't making the pick. Okay. Danny Age is taking the pick, and that's not going to factor in on Danny Age thinking at all. What what would factor in on them drafting Jeff Green is that he's a solid, solid player who played in an offense that didn't show off his abilities. Uh, He's a very good passer, a very good team player, and a a very good physical player. He's uh, shown a lot uh, to these guys, uh, to a lot of teams lately. I think whoever grabs him, especially if it's in the 8, 9, 10 range, is going to be very, very happy.
4: Uh, Steve, you hear anything about that second round pick, number 32?
1: Not right now. I mean, it's, you know, everyone's focusing on you know. There's been too much so much focus on the moves, most of them bogus, the rumors, and uh, I think most of the focus has been up up high and, and what they're going to do with the pick if they keep it, and certainly uh, the possibilities of trading it. Ainge is, is going to have his what is, what's in his own head at that spot, and if, if history's any guide, he's got a pretty good handle on uh, on what to do in the second round. Certainly, he's, he's found some pretty decent stuff there.
4: Absolutely, and I guess nobody really knows until we see who falls. Marco Bellinelli could fall. There's so many players on that bubble at the back end of the first round.
3: hmm Exactly. Steve, uh, Given where we won't probably get a chance to talk with you here again before uh, the first, uh, obviously a lot of what happens after July first will depend upon what happens this evening with trades and, and draft and so forth. Is there anybody right now that they're looking at for free agency, possibly the mid-level exception, or uh, you know sign and trade? Is there anybody, or, or is it way too early to even look at that? And we probably just settle down a little bit and <laughs> just get past. I don't think five. it's way too early at all. I, I do think that uh, that uh, as I've been
1: written before, that uh, Richard Lewis is someone who. who interest them. Uh, that would have to be a sign and trade. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's a lot of stuff you're seeing or you've heard about and, and you're going to see. Think about the financial aspect of it. I mean, uh, Sean Marion coming here, that was always, I think it's something that actually did get discussed briefly, but he makes an awful lot of money. He's going to cripple you cap-wise. And it, there's a guy that, that's high maintenance, wasn't happy in Phoenix. And if you're not happy in Phoenix, you know, then uh, I think you need counseling. He's chicken, chicken, chicken.
0: Jeff Clark, joining us from Celtics Blog, where we are streaming tonight. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know you got a big thing going on with ESPN.
6: Yeah, it's going great. Well, what's the breaking news, though? You, you can't tease me like that.
0: All right, well, we'll just roll it right over to John. The Duke is going <laughs> to give you all the details.
3: Okay, hey, Jeff, how are you? Uh, hey. <laughs> this is according to wei and uh it appears that the deal right now is west wally and number five for ray allen and roberto swift and whoa uh, and it, apparently sean grandy is is involved with this and i'm 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 working off of a post from from real gm uh four six one who's been on there forever and a day uh started around the same time i did and so now eddie katz is also you know calling this into the question and you know steve bullpitt said it had to be a larger deal this would be a larger deal because this would include robert swift uh we had asked the question i think jb asked the question whether or not you know robert swift would be considered increasing the deal and he said yeah that could be so here we go let's see where it goes uh your thoughts jeff on, on on that sort of proposal
6: Actually, I like it. I like I like Robert Swift a lot. Um, I don't know if I like him as much as Danny does, but um, I-, I-, I wonder if they they've been spotted going, you know, holding hands and you know, cuddling under the stars. But um, I-, I enjoy the, the getting another big man, and uh, it's not going to cost us Al Jefferson or a firstborn son or anything like that. So that sounds pretty good. We got a we got an all star. We got uh, a young big center with leg problems. Danny's favorite, and uh, it sounds sounds pretty good to me. I mean. And we also get to keep Theo um, and apparently Gerald Green that we could maybe package in for something else down the line. Uh, it, uh <laughs> Yeah, why not? And that's where well, you're I mean, going. Admit it,
3: Jeff. Admit it. That's where you're going.
6: My binky? My binky? <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? As long as it doesn't cost Al Jefferson, I'm happy.
0: By the way, I is mean, binky the new like buzzword for the draft over upside potential this season? <laughs> that's
4: all the Duke's fault. Thank you. Thank you very much.
6: It, it's taken over from, uh, from, from Kool-Aid as being the new buzzword I love it
4: uh, happy birthday Jeff uh, by the way and I think you know, <laughs> there might be something to that—the fact that uh, Ratliff is is still being held out, and and we we get to use him. Um, the other uh, rumor of, of the day, and and this you know is uh, just maybe you know, sludge from the bottom, but that Danny backed off of of the Garnett deal um, just to to show Kevin McHale that there were no better deals out there. And um, if you think about a lineup with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, uh, and uh, Paul Pierce. <laughs> Um, that, that immediately uh, makes us a championship contender. That, well, that's I think it also a,
6: immediately makes uh, Wick Brow- Grousbeck's uh, wallet.
4: Yeah, no, it, it, Ray Allen, I think, is 33 years old. Um, you know, it, it's obviously a, a two-year uh, type of deal, as Garnett's contract has the two years to run. Um, then, you know, we would be uh, back uh, under uh, the salary cap probably and, uh, you know, could then start all over again, I suppose. But that would be a pretty good team for a couple of years. We all hate to lose uh, Big Al. We've all had our dreams. Um, but uh, this this also puts Danny to the test um, at, at one time, uh, uh, it was said that he would prefer Robert Swift than Al Jefferson, and Swift was taken and Jefferson uh, fell to us. Right? Well, Let's talk
0: about that a little bit, JB, because, you know, I know it's unlikely that Al Horford would would fall, and I know that this is becoming my you know my parrot for the evening, and I just keep bringing out the theme. But <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about you know Robert Swift versus Al Horford. I mean, obviously, I would think that you know that uh, Al Horford is probably a better prospect than Robert Swift, but at the same time, we're unloading you know Wally's contract to bring back a, a prime time player. I think I can palate. You know, I think that's palatable for me uh, as well. I think I can get on board with this, and and JB's assumption or or, you know, or you know, thoughts that they could possibly lead to a subsequent trade, where all of a sudden Kevin Garnett thinks Boston isn't a half bad place to play. Which, uh, right. which, which I guarantee you, if Ray Allen comes here, we're going to hear those statements pretty soon. Um,
6: well, I, I do have two thoughts on that. I mean, I think the, the thing that makes me worry is that uh, Robert Swift has um, painful um, similarities to the Sebastian Telfair deal, where you know he was a high school kid. Danny loved him coming out of high school, wanted to draft him, didn't get him, and finally got his hands on him last year and that just didn't work out. Granted, I don't think Robert Swift is the kind of um, gun-toting kid that uh, Telfair is, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. I mean, I think, you know, you can't teach height, so I, I, I do like the fact that we got a seven-footer. who you know, doesn't know how to put his one foot in front of the other. But the other thing is that, um, on the other hand, you're right. It does make us uh, a little bit more attractive when we've got a couple of all-stars and, um, and we're ready to, to make some noise now. I think that the, they are waiting to, for Minnesota to look around the league and see that they don't have any better offers. Nothing else is really panning out. There uh, certainly isn't the
0: either, minutes. Jeff. There's nothing, nothing comparable. Yeah,
6: everything seems to be falling by the wayside too. I mean, they, they don't think. I don't think they, they are going to get what they are looking for. It's going to be similar to the Allen Iverson deal, where we're going to have to wait until after July first, and even then, it's probably going to take a little while longer to do. So, I, I wouldn't put a, put a, a lid on this, uh, Kevin Garner. Rumour for a long time, but at the same time, if we do get Ray Allen at max dollars and Paul Pierce at max dollars, <clears throat> that's going to be a hard pill to um, to swallow for for Wick and, and Company. I don't know if they're going to put that amount of tax dollars into the uh, into the pot and, and and be able to bite down on it unless they're getting a, a championship right now. And I don't know if they they can. On that. The big, so, the, the big okay. thing, we'll Jeff.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought you would finish your thoughts. Sorry. Uh, that's fine. Go ahead. I was just going to say. I mean, I, I think that's the point. Wick has got to cut the check. As. Mr. Rashid Wallace himself says, "CTC cut the check," and that's you know right. that's what it's about at this point. They they've got to invest at this point, and this is I mean for, from my perspective, this is this is a great deal if they're able to get a big they, that fits you know what they need. The, the need is in the front court, and uh, you know I mean Ray Allen, Ray Allen's Ray Allen. The one thing I wanted, Wei as JB said, did confirm it, and the one thing that I I wanted to also mention is FSN said that Pierce is happy with the. Ray Allen deal, if it happens, and that's courtesy of a real GM poster. on But well, you think uh, about
2: it
6: too. That's that's great. I mean, think about our lo- new lineup. We've got Rondo running the point. We've got Ray Allen and Paul Pierce at the swing. We've got uh, Al Jefferson on the bo- on the block, and we've got a legit seven footer with Robert Swift at, on the in the center spot with. Um, Perkins as a backup. I mean, that's a nice lineup. I, I like that. We don't need to go out and do anything else, and if we see, keep that lineup, you've got a young nucleus for the future for when Al Jefferson matures and, and things like that. And If you think about it, too, we're still going to have to pay Al Jefferson his extension money. So that's cutting the check right there, too. So yeah, I think yeah. that's why we, we probably will end up keeping Theo Ratliff, because we're going to need to pay for some of these huge deals.
4: Well, I don't know. I, I, it, it, it's, uh, I'd like to see... Uh, Jefferson stay here as much as the next guy, but I'm not sure I want to see Ray Allen come in unless Garnett's going to come with him because I don't think just Ray Allen um gives us enough um i just want to talk about swift for a second you know he did not play a single minute this past year he had an injury a knee injury that kept him out for the entire season um, he had some decent games um, back in uh five-06 season um he, he finished the year with 21 minutes six rebounds six points and you know there was talk that he was uh, becoming a player but um, he missed the entire 82 uh, game schedule this year that's an awful risk i, I wonder what the doctors are
6: well clearly nobody knows what they're getting with this kid and and you don't know that's why he's a throw-in at the end of this deal but um i i like the potential that he's got and, and i like him as much as i like ye let's let's put it that way
0: this concludes part one of celtic stuff live's 2000 draft night revisited Join us tomorrow for Part 2, when we will hear from the members of traditional media as the details of the Ray Allen trade begin to break and the Celtics make their second-round selections, Gabe Pruitt and Glenn Big Baby Davis. Interviews include Tim Weisberg, Mike Fine, and Eric Weiss, while Eric Pincus and Scott Souza make their second appearances on the show that evening. And what draft night show would be complete without the familiar voices of Mike Gorman and Sean Grandy? I'm
1: gonna go